I'm your host, Nick Dyson, the Scientific Director at the Mass General Cancer Center, and this is episode 42. We're back with David Miyamoto to continue talking about the paper he just described for us in the previous podcast, where he's developed this RNA-based assay derived from circulating tumor cells that is predictive of drug response and dissemination in uh, prostate cancer. And uh, David, you uh, outlined for us two different settings, one with metastatic prostate cancer, the other um, with uh, what was thought to be localized prostate cancer, or two different ways in which you could use the signature. But the first thing I wanted to ask you was, uh, there's a lot of excitement about detecting cell-free DNA in blood and using that for diagnosis. And one of the questions that you get when you first read this paper is to understand the contrast between them and why using circulating tumor cells is advantageous for prostate cancer? Absolutely. A very important question. And as you know, the idea of liquid biopsies is becoming very uh, influential and very exciting in, in the oncology world. And the most common form of liquid biopsy that you see these days is circulating tumor DNA. And I think ultimately, ctDNA and uh, CTCs are complementary approaches. And, mm-hmm. and the reason I say that, so circulating tumor t- DNA, it's, it's very powerful. Uh, it's relatively easy to do. You can do it from plasma. You don't need complex microfluidic devices to isolate the DNA. Um, but by definition, you're limited to looking at the DNA. So you mm-hmm. can look at mutations. Um, uh, in some cases, you can try to look for chromosomal events, but but you cannot look at RNA, you cannot look at protein, right. uh, whereas with CTCs, you can. Uh, so that's that's where, um, you know, in certain disease settings, uh, CTCs can actually be advantageous because prostate cancer, as you may know, it's actually one of the, the diseases that has a lower mutational burden compared to some other cancers. And so um, mutations are relatively rare in prostate cancer. And by looking at CTCs, you also avoid the need to sequence the primary tumor in order to look for what you're what what you want to look for and so, so you can have a, a generalized set of transcripts that are highly expressed in most prostate cancers which, right. which is what we did um, without trying to identify well exactly which gene mutations are present in the tumor for yes. the specific patient yes. that we're assessing but let me make sure that I understand this so the, the Uh, Basically, there are two distinctions. One is that you don't have to identify a specific mutation to be able to uh, detect the circulating tumor uh, cell. And there aren't diagnostic mutations that, for example, that you would find in every prostate cancer cell. Um, And so looking, there's no single assay that you can use just looking for DNA in the blood. For prostate cancer for prostate specifically, cancer. yeah, that's right. There are other tumors, obviously, where yes. mutations are much more important. But I yes. think CTCs have a uniquely uh, are uniquely positioned to be advantageous in right. the prostate cancer right. setting because of that. And then the second advantage is that uh, you get much more depth of information. You have the potential to look for both protein and RNA and look for degrees of uh, gene expression or the differences in gene expression. Exactly. So... Um, as you know, if you look at RNA and RNA uh, expression changes uh, based on um, input from the environment. So, for example, with uh, with changes with response to therapy, you can imagine different changes in the transcriptional profile of CTCs. You could never really see that with ctDNA. So, yes. so you have uh, this advantage of being able to 
assess transcriptional changes, RNA changes with CTCs. Yes, yes. Of course, the downside to going after CTC technology uh, or using the CTC approach is that not everybody has access to uh, the latest state-of-the-art uh, microfluidics. That's absolutely right. Um, and, and we're trying to change that. So, if, number one, um, the te MGH technology that was developed here is actually now being commercialized. Yes. And so that uh, there's a company uh, called Torpedo DX that is planning to disseminate this more widely, mm -hmm. but also in the past five years there have been there has been an explosion of new microfluidic devices yes. that have been developed by many different biotech companies right. uh, throughout the country and, and actually throughout the world, and so um, you know I think the approach that we describe here, which is digital PCR uh, to assess for RNA expression in CTCs, it can be applied to any of these microfluidic technologies right. that are uh, being developed and, and commercialized. Now, it's still true that most of these technologies would only be uh, available at major academic medical centers, uh, such as the Mass General Hospital Cancer Center. Um, so, uh, but, so that's certainly um, something that, that, that we're very aware of. Yes, yes. Uh, but hopefully this will be changing over the next few years, perhaps over the next five years, that it will become more standard practice. Exactly. And, you know, what we're envisioning, there are several models of where this could go, but uh, in, in the community, for example, um, we can definitely imagine cases where patients would get a blood draw and the blood would be sent to an uh, academic yes. medical center such as Mass General and we'd be able to process that blood and, and yes. provide the results of, yes. of the assay. Uh, and several other models similar to that are being explored yes. as well. And it sounds like this uh, technology would be very powerful for all sorts of clinical trials and different clinical decisions related to prostate cancer. Exactly. And we are in the process of developing other signature panels in CTCs that may be applied to different clinical settings within prostate cancer. So we have a signature, as we talked about, for abiraterone uh, resistance. Uh, we're also working on developing signatures that may predict for PARP inhibitor th therapy um, response, as well as uh, radium-223, several other drugs that uh, are uh, being tested in clinical trials at, yes. at MGH. Yes, so this is a, a strategy that's been incorporated into many different uh, trials that are ongoing. That's right, we're increasingly incorporating this liquid biopsy strategy to a lot of different trials that are available here. Um, not just in prostate cancer, but also in, in many other disease settings. Yes. And we're also incorporating it, so that that's in the metastatic setting. In the localized setting, we're also exploring further potential applications of this technology. Uh, we've incorporated it into a randomized trial that we're conducting of proton versus photon therapy for mm -hmm. localized prostate cancer. Um, and uh, we're also, you know, one of the dreams of this would be potentially to apply it to the active surveillance setting, which is in patients who are not getting active treatment, but is there a way to follow these patients over right. time with a blood draw to make sure that they're yes. not uh, having disease progression? Right. And are the trials like that underway? Uh, they're not underway yet, yeah. but they're in the planning stages. And, yes. and uh, it, I think uh, that's one of the really exciting areas that we're hoping to pursue. Well, this sounds great. Thank you very much for spending the time explaining this to us. It's uh, a really important piece of work, and uh, congratulations. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure.
To read David's article at Advances at the Mass General Cancer Center, go to massgeneral.org slash cancer slash advances.